recording. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Red Pill Your Healthcast. My name is Dr. Charlie Fagenholtz, and I'm here with my favorite nurse in the whole wide world, Lauren <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> and you all know the drill by now, um, but each week we try to choose a topic that's relevant, something that is talked a lot about on social media and all around. Um, and we want to give you our take on what those things are. And so we were thinking about what we want to do this week. And it seems like a lot of people are really obsessed with RSV these days. A lot of people are obsessed with flus. Uh, a lot of kids. Well, it's going around. Sick. I mean, they're, I mean, it's really, it, a lot of people are sick with it right now. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's do that for this week. And instead of getting into absolutely everything, let's just go with the basics of viruses, what we can do. And um, we'll, we'll bring some clarity on that. So Lauren, I'll let you kick it off. Where do you want to take this? What do you want to talk about? Let's just have a good conversation. Yeah. I mean, so flu and RSV fill our hospitals, adult and children's hospitals every single year. Um, this is not a new thing. Um, I have personally seen it in my 12, 13 year career as a nurse and then eight years as a nurse practitioner. Um, it is that worked in acute care for, for, or, or I'm sorry, urgent care for several years. So I I've seen my fair share of this. This is not uncommon. Um, some flus don't notice, don't have a huge response. And some are in the hospital. Some RSVs are, they just have a runny nose. Um, and then others are in the hospital. And so the fact that it's happening right now at this month, you know, before Thanksgiving, I think is a little odd that it's an early peak um, because it has shot up. I was looking at a, a study out of Johns Hopkins comparing the past five years of flu season um, to this year. And it's a different curve completely. And it, it is a big, it's gone up big in the, in the last week or two. Um, but, um, you know, after a pandemic, it's it actually, if you look back at the beginning or like a previous pandemics, it is common to see flu influenza go down the next year. And so after that is what's happening now. And that's not an uncommon thing. Um, right. And, and yeah. And, and, you know, I've been saying this since March and uh, through the summer of 2020, what happened to the flu? Where did it go? Did it just change its name to COVID? You know, I, I think that a lot of people have had the flu, but we've given so much power to COVID that regardless of what you have, it's COVID. Yeah. And so I think the numbers have been skewed quite well, a bit. They weren't even testing for it. Like I was, yeah, I was one of those people in the beginning because in, in 2020, early 2020, I was still working for urgent care um, PRN as needed. And they weren't testing for it. Like no one was testing for the flu. Because, because it, the flu the is not going to give them thousands of dollars like COVID well, did. Well, exactly. They're not going to get the reimbursement rates. Well, any, but even in urgent care, no one was testing for it. It was all your focus as a practitioner. If your focus is on COVID, that's what you're going to see. If you're looking for a yellow car, you're going to see yellow cars. Maybe not. That's right. Like, that's right. If you're looking if, for a white car, you're going to see white cars. If all you have is a hammer, every problem you see is going to be a nail. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and, I just think. I, I just think people have this like, oh, it's like the worst virus and it's a whole, it's all different this season. And it's like, no, this happens every year. People, it's it's the fear porn. They're trying to make you flip out over the next virus, over the next big thing. And yep. it's not, it's not, it's not something to freak out about. Now it is something to, to say, okay, 
Yes, these are things that cause big immune responses in the body um, that can cause the body to have a big reaction. But is that reaction such a bad thing? Is it bad thing to have a fever? Is it a bad thing um, to have a runny nose? Like, I mean, it, it's your body responding to something. I'm glad you said that. Reaction. I'm glad right? you said I that mean, because- How many viruses exist, right? Like Three quadrillion in the human body alone and only 219 of those are contagious. And um, I, I really, I want to um, echo what you said on how runny nose, cough, diarrhea, all these things are the, and fever are the body doing its job. Yeah. That is how the body gets rid of toxicity essentially. And so we've just been like mind warped to, you know, now it's any little sniffle. I mean, I was on an airplane last weekend flying home or last week flying home from Kansas and I sneezed on the airplane. And my first thought was like, man, everyone in this plane probably thinks I'm going to kill them. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we have been, and, and that will be the rest of our lives because we've seen it so much for three straight years of yeah. all this nonsense garbage. Yeah. And so let's, let's talk a little bit um, about what we can do. Like what is, you know, viruses, they come out in times of stress. They, they spike when it's cold out. Most times when it's cold out is holiday seasons. We when get less sun. Sugar. Yeah, people are eating sugar. Sugar lowers your innate immune system significantly. And so it's really just, you know, some people will say, is it really flu season? Is it just sugar intake season? Is it low vitamin D season? Right. Um, I, I agree with all of that. And, uh, a lot of people think viruses don't even exist. And I also don't agree with that. I think they do exist. Um, but I do think that they give you symptoms in times of stress, whether that's emotional stress, whether that's chemical insult to your body with eating wrong and even physical stress. I mean, if, if you are, um, get hurt exercising or in a car accident or something happens to you, you run into a wall. I don't know what you're doing. Um, but those that's, that is damage to the body that is shock to the body and viruses are excreted in times of shock essentially. Mm -hmm. And so you and I have talked quite a bit about things like glyphosate, things, all the pesticides, all the EMF. We talked about EMF and thyroid. That's a huge insult to our terrain. Um, I, I think Lauren and I do a pretty good job of, of talking about terrain theory and germ theory mixed, because I think there's something to both of them. We just tend to go way more towards terrain theory, um, but we don't totally dismiss that pathogens can be infectious. And so um, I, I think you feel the same way, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I don't, I, I think that people get so hung up on like a black or white thing. Like it has to be terrain theory. It has to be germ theory. But it can be like nothing in life is black and white like this. Like, I mean, right. and so it doesn't have to be either one or the other. And so just know that, you know, I think the host, the, the terrain of our body is the most important thing. Um, but there are things that are not good for our bodies and, and that we do have a, a big response to it that are a bad germ. Um, but do we want to kill like all the germs that are out there? No, absolutely not. Because many of those germs are what keep you healthy. The microbes right. in your gut are actually what keep you um, healthy and strong and help digesting nutrients. I mean, there are bacteria in your gut that you, if you don't have them, you're not going to digest your food as well. You're not going to glean nutrients from your food as well because they are there for a reason. And so we've, we've just said every, all the, all the bacteria is bad. Well, no, no, not at all. It's like, it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yep. Yep. 
And, and viruses are really uh, one of the main jobs they do is to dissolve or just eat up all the tissue that's so toxic that the bacteria don't even want to eat it. Have you ever thought about the origins of a virus? I thought you were going to say COVID. I'm like, well, actually. Well, okay, that's another, that's another <laughs> podcast. Okay. No, but like, okay, so this is what I believe. I believe okay. that viruses were created. I believe everything that got created was good. And viruses were created for good. And so why? Because of toxins, for toxin yep. removal. They were created to remove toxins from the body. And, yep. but then it's the world has become a muck things up and, you know, different toxins have come in and it's gotten worse and our immune systems have gotten worse. Our toxic, toxic, toxicity levels have gotten higher and it's gotten much worse. So now we can't even beat some of these viruses that we should be able to beat that were not intended to cause this much harm. I don't know if there's any total, like, I, I don't know the whole thought process behind it. But all I have to say is I don't believe viruses are bad um, in general. I don't believe viruses are bad. I think that they, they they can really stink to walk through them. It's not fun to have the flu. I had the flu in March of this past year and I had 103 fever for the first time as an adult for like two or three days um, in a while. I hadn't had one in a while. And I was like, wow, this is not fun. I was still having to parent while having a fever. It's not fun. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know what? I like, there are times like for children, especially you will see after a fever, after an illness, they will have a, a growth and development. And then, um, and like, and like they'll, they'll, they'll bypass some of their developmental markers because it's meant for toxin removal and their body is able to get to the next developmental marker because they were, they were able to clean up doing some cleanup work in the body. I love that. I love, love that you said that because I've seen clinically where especially my vaccine injured children and, and children on the spectrum who will do their best when they have the flu or a virus. And it's because it's doing that. It's helping remove toxins. And so many parents, I'm sure people listening to this podcast will say that's so, that's so crazy. You said that because I've noticed that when our, my child has some type of virus, they stop having ticks or they stop mm -hmm. having nightmares or something along those lines. And that's what's happening. Now, how Lauren said that uh, viruses were not created to be evil. Um, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, there's, there's even trees secrete something called exosomes and exosomes are literally the exact same thing as a virus. The only difference is exosomes are non-infectious and viruses can be infectious. They're both protein. They both have DNA. They both have RNA. Uh, they're released in response to toxic exposure. They're the same size. And uh, the only difference is one's pathogenic, one's not. And so trees don't release viruses. They release exosomes. And it's only in times of stress. So I think that's a really good... Uh, a really good conversation to have. So yeah, now that we've opened your mind a little bit about viruses and, you know, like we said, just because we think that the body fighting it off is a good thing. doesn't mean it has to be an enjoyable experience. It sucks. Influenza yeah. sucks. It is not fun. No. Even a common cold. Like I hate being sick. I can't stand having a stuffy nose. I hate having sore throats. doesn't mean that I'm fearing for my life from it. But yeah. it's still, I understand that the body is doing what it was designed to do, which is heal itself. Yeah. So let's so, talk. Do you want to talk about fever real quick? Because this goes into flu and RSV because you will see fever and you want to see fever actually. Like yep. that's what I was saying. The, the children and the adults who don't get a fever ever, 
Now you may not get one with every virus, of course not, but like, I would expect a fever at some point. Yep. Um, and if you can't mount a fever, that's actually a sign of more sickness of that's some right. type of chronic pathogen or infection that is caused that is suppressing your immune system to the point where it cannot mount a fever. Some of my most sickest patients were not able to mount a fever. And so I, um, I will say that mounting a fever is, is a good thing. Fever has so many ben good benefits. It is generated, uh, let's see, it is, I want to read this. It has direct central nervous system effects that include producing fever, shivering, I'll come to you. Well, just think about saunas. Think about infrared saunas, how yeah. good it is to sweat stuff out. Like mm -hmm. what fever is doing is liquefying toxins so you can excrete it properly. Yeah. And that's yeah. why people do great on infrared saunas. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's why, as long as you're feeling well, or at least able, like you're feeling not depleted. Um, as long as you're well hydrated, you've got a lot of minerals on board. It's why during the flu, I got in the sauna, um, because I was wanting to accelerate things. And the next, yep. that night I broke my fever and I did not have a fever the next day. Um, and so, and I'm not trying to say like, you know, to do that, but you have to know yourself and you have to know where you're at and how you're feeling. If you are feeling depleted and dehydrated, don't do that. Um, because that might make it worse. That's uh, right. because you definitely do need to be dehydrated. That is like the number one cause for um, hospitalization, um, for children, especially, um, during illness is dehydration. And so that's one thing that, you know, fever is not a bad thing, but, if you get to a point of like 104, 105, 106, you are, your brain, you're not going to have brain damage until 108, but like you are going to get really dehydrated and especially children. And so I do bring it down a little bit because they typically don't want to drink or eat or do anything at, at, that, at those uh, stages. I do bring it down a little naturally with some warm Epsom salt baths, with some homeopathy, um, some diluted peppermint sometimes um, on the bottom of feet, things like that to, um, to bring it down a little bit, um, so that they'll drink some water so that you can drink some water and, uh, and stay and usually electrolytes and stay hydrated. Um, but there is no danger in a fever. I think brain damage happens at 108, right? Yeah. I I've, I've heard that anything above 105 is when you should really start paying more attention to it. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't like to see fever that high, like a one Oh five, you know, especially for too, too long, but yeah. I, you know, there are ways to bring it down naturally that aren't going to necessarily work with the body. Um, yeah. and so you're not necessarily going to a pharmaceutical will like totally suppress the actions of the body, yeah. um, where, and, and, and actually handicap it with Tylenol handicaps it and basically makes it less able to handle, uh, whatever, um, it's trying to do with the depletion of glutathione with Tylenol. So yeah. you really, you really do want to focus or want to say, okay, I'm okay with this. As long as your child's in hydrated up and playing, um, or is at least arousing and, and talking to you, um, and making sure they're staying hydrated, then you're good. Um, and then once you get to like 104, 105, that's when you really start saying, okay, let's, 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 let's see what the body is telling us and maybe bring it down a little bit. Yeah. And I echo all of that. Um, one thing that you said that I also want to reiterate too is it's not a bad thing to get sick. Yeah. And a lot of times people think that if you get sick, that it's really not great for you. But I think that catching the cold that's going around the yearly cold, I think it's good to build your body's immune system that way, 
Um, because there's a lot of times where people who don't get sick ever, when they do get sick, their body goes into absolute shock. And they're the ones who will be out for three to four weeks in bed and say, it was the sickest I've been in 20 years. Those are the people that I personally worry about more because the immune system is so important. I want the immune system to mount an attack when needed, and um, that will prevent worse immune system issues down the road. So I think that's another important thing to touch upon. Um, and then you were talking about different ways of um, helping viruses and, and all that type of stuff. Let's, uh, before we go into herbs and oils and stuff that you and I are going to talk about, you talked about hydration, which is I mean, you, you need hydration. If, if your body's not hydrated, nothing works ever. Nothing. Zip, I, nada. I'm reading something, um, a really interesting book right now. And it talks about how our body is not a freshwater being like we're not freshwater. We don't, we don't need freshwater. We need isotonic, um, like, like seawater, uh, but not seawater. You don't want actual seawater because it's too, it's too strong. You want mm -hmm. it to be a little bit more diluted, but that's why electrolytes are so, 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 so important. And that's why yeah. I drink herbal infusions and things like that, that really have a good mineral content. Um, because it is so important for us to have all of those things and stay hydrated. You know, one of the most, in, one of the most interesting clinical pearls from, Dr. Dick Versendahl, who taught me more about the human body than anybody, what he would do is for children to break fevers and to help high, high fevers was he would put drops of lemon, um, straight lemon on the tongue. Wait, he would do, lemon oil? He would do lemon juice. Lemon juice. He would do a drop of lemon juice. That was oh, his no. favorite go-to uh, when fevers got way too high. And he would say that lemon... Um, possess all the things in it to allow your cells to absorb water more efficiently. That is, I mean, that's he, awesome. he, he was that's loaded with that type of information. That's why like I watched hundreds of hours of him because he says stuff like that, that you don't see anywhere else. Um, and he sadly passed away in 2014, uh, way too soon in a, in a car accident. Oh. Um, and so he, uh, he left us with a lot of great information. And a lot of the stuff that I talk about on Instagram really comes from him. And yeah. uh, if he was still alive, man, he would crush the Instagram game. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I, I um, so maybe try that. Okay, drop yeah. a lemon juice. Your child might not like it. They might make a sour face, but that is okay. <laughs> So, all right. So let's, let's keep going down the list. So let's talk about what can people do for remedies um, in acute situations and for uh, preventative. So I'll let you start it off and then I'll talk about what I think uh, helps a lot of people too. Okay. So I like to, you know, think about the things that we have around the house um, and things that have been used for a long time. So I love raw honey. Um, I do mm. support the over one raw honey. I know many people would say that they don't care about that. I do support the over one um, for raw honey or for any honey. Um, what are your, th what are your thoughts on that? What do you mean by over one? Like none under the age of one? Yeah. Because of botulism. Yeah. I, I don't know. You don't I, care. I, I don't really, I don't really care about it. Honestly. It's like, I've never fully researched it, like, but just think of it this way. If, if you can give a child that young an antibiotic, Dude, you're so right about that. I mean, you're like, I don't care. Like people ask me all the time on Instagram, Hey, is this breastfeeding safe? Is this pregnancy safe and all this stuff? And I, I'll tell them, I'm like, you know, legally I'm going to tell you it's not, if it is not like if, if, you know, if, if it says on the bottle that it's not, but for me, I'm like, all right, 
if your child can get these steroids and these vaccines and these, and these antibiotics, yeah. what do you think a teaspoon of honey is going to do to them? Like, come on. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. Okay. So what, um, I like to do when my child is getting sick, I get, um, a little bit of organic orange juice and mix it with cod liver oil. Um, and I make sure I give him a dose of cod liver oil. I make sure I love a uh, reishi mushroom. Um, yes. I have several mushroom powders that I use in one. Um, I have a new mushroom liquid that I'm really excited to give them that, um, it, that is definitely, um, something that I focus on. B propolis is super great. Um, I like the throat spray. I like the nasal spray. They have, um, a, they have like, like capsules of them too. I would probably stick with, um, just the sprays and throats and no sprays for now. Um, but they have other options as well. Echinacea is helpful. Um, yep. If you have a child that has a lot of autoimmune stuff, echinacea might be a little too immune stimulating. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I've heard, I get the argument with it. I just haven't seen it clinically. Okay. So you think so, it's okay. Yeah. Even like, you know, we'll say not for Hashimoto's not to take iodine. I've seen Hashimoto's people take iodine and be totally fine. I caution it and I always muscle test and frequency yeah. test it. Um, but I've seen, I see a lot of autoimmune patients like significantly, uh, significant amount. And I give things with echinacea in it all the time. Okay. Okay. Um, I do use a turmeric tincture, turmeric ginger tincture that has, um, it's really helpful for like aches and pains, um, and for fever or like a headache that might be present. Um, whole food vitamin C, of course, homeopathy with uh, oxaloclaxinum for the flu. Um, that is one of the best remedies for the flu. Um, clinically by far, far. my kids, um, I've seen it do so well. Um, and it tastes good. It tastes great. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Elderberry is great. Um, I make my own elderberry syrup. I can post, I'll try to post a link, um, to that, to a recipe there. Um, onion and garlic poultices and like salves. Um, those, I do find that those are very helpful. I think they really open up the chest. Um, and then like there's some herbal tinctures, um, that I like as well. Nebulizing is a great way. Uh, nebulizing saline. I typically for kids, I stick with nebulizing saline. I think that that is going to work wonderfully. Mm. Um, I use the magnesium nebulizing magnesium more for like, that would be more for a pretty bad cough. That is pretty persistent. Maybe some like wheezing, um, and then, um, nervous system support. Um, but I do like, I start with saline. I think saline's a great thing to nebulize, um, to really help, you know, get things kind of moving. I'm with you on that. Um, you touched on a lot of the ones I was going to talk about. Okay. Um, so for long-term support, which means that you should take it for six months, uh, to help build immunity over time. Mm-hmm. Reishi mushroom is yeah. phenomenal. So every day um, I, you yep, like that you every day. It. I like it every day. Um, I actually have my daughter on a mushroom uh, yeah. blend right now. Yep. Um, so Reishi Supreme is what I'll use. And then Astragalus is phenomenal. That is yep. like the gold standard in Chinese medicine for building the immune system properly over time. Um, so I'll use Astragalus Supreme and Reishi Supreme for long-term. Um, and then for flu, I think that by far the best hands down is Elysium Supreme, which is star anise or star anise, however you say it, which is uh, what is what, is what Tamiflu is made from. Yes. Yeah. And so, so interesting. 
it's uh I'm, I'm forgetting it off the top of my head i think it's like shikimic acid or something i can't remember what type of acid yeah, is in there you're right I think um off the top of my head I, I can't remember but it's easy just to duck duck go that uh so that's my favorite for flu for prevention and for during okay. that is and- like gold standard and it's also great for mrsa oh which is a really right. good thing to know so if there's any- manuka honey manuka honey is great mm-hmm. for mrsa absolutely um, um okay so tell me about Elysium Supreme, safe for pregnant breastfeeding. Yep. And- it actually okay. helps with milk production. Okay. I um, mean, breastfeeding, uh, it is pregnancy safe. It is, um, breastfeeding safe. And when uh, we say like Elysium Supreme, you say it's safe for children. I, when I talk about things being safe for children, I don't ever talk dosages because you can't really talk a lot of dosages because you're not specific medical advice, but for children yep. generally, like you're not going to give the same thing you would give to an adult, right? Right, right. I, I always say start low, start at a sprinkle or a fourth of a capsule. Um, as a rule of thumb for the Supreme Company that I use a lot of, it's for every 50 pounds of body weight, you can do like a capsule. Oh, that that's, that's the, but over um, the course of like a day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like one so, a day. Yes. So like you would start yeah. with a fourth of a capsule. Like I, yep. like, I, I still I start slow. You, when I, I start a supplement on my children, I do like a little bit. I just sprinkle it in. I want to introduce it without them, without producing a big reaction. And then I move up to a fourth of capsule typically. Of course, that's and, not and, advice. It's I, going to be educational, but. <laughs> I do like, <laughs> like you said, starting low because yeah. sometimes when people want to get well so fast, they'll overdose themselves and it actually yeah. works against your body's ability to self-heal. Yeah. And yeah. so I'll start it literally. I'll be like, hey, you're testing on three of these a week. So split it up, maybe do half cap a day or, you know, fourth a cap a day, some along those lines. Um, So that's my flu one. In general, to fight viruses, you want to increase your TH1, which we talked about in the allergy podcast. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen, but I will reiterate some of it. So you talked ginger. Ginger is phenomenal for getting that TH1 response. TH1 is how you fight off viruses, bacteria, and yeast. So we're talking viruses now. So zinc and ginger, phenomenal. Everyone knows what zinc is because everyone knows what vitamin D, NAC, quercetin, and zinc are in the last three years. Yeah. It's everyone's favorite three or four supplements. Um, broccoli sprouts, great because broccoli sprout helps you produce more glutathione. And that's the goal is what you were talking about was glutathione is glutathione helps destroy viruses. It pushes that TH1. It's your main barrier protection. How do viruses get in from the external? They get in through your sinuses into your mucous membranes. Glutathione protects that. And so for glutathione, you and I, Lauren, have talked about, we don't give it a whole bunch. We give precursors. I love Vervita Inspire Cell for that reason, because that helps the methylation go. Um, B6 is great. Uh, Shisandra Supreme is great for, for glutathione production. And then moving along for TH1, the two gold standard herbs for TH1, Golden Thread Supreme, which is berberine, and Scutellaria Supreme, which is Chinese skullcap. Those are the but two that, that goes back to TH1. Yes. So Scutellaria which is um, a Chinese skullcap yeah. uh, that is safe for pregnancy and for children. It produces glutathione, heals the gut lining, uh, yeah. gets your lymph flowing, regenerates nerves. It's, it's a powerhouse. Yeah. And then the last ones you talked about. It's actually really healthy for long COVID too. Dr. Klinghart uses that for long COVID. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, you talked elderberry. I love it. Um, I like spleen and thymus tissue too. Yes. Everyone has heard me talk yes. about Vervita immune armor. Yeah. Um, for in general, if someone ever asked me, Hey, what can I give my child? Uh, and they have something, I usually respond with immune armor, reishi supreme and immune harmony, essential oil. I think essential oils are great. 
Um, yeah, and I, then yeah. uh, the last one that I wrote down is I'm a big olive leaf fan. I think olive leaf kills okay. viruses, bacteria, parasites, and yeast so nicely. It's anti-inflammatory. It's, you know, it has a higher ORAC score than vitamin C. It's just a really good herb that doesn't get enough love. And so give the olive leaf some love, get well on it. And um, those are my main recommendations. Okay. Um, last but not least, do you want to, because we're coming up on closing off the podcast before it gets too long, uh, do you want to shed any light more on RSV? Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot. We mentioned it for a second in our last podcast. There's a lot being said about it right now, but being a, a, as a result of different vaccines and uh-huh. different things. I mean, honestly, our thoughts are, and we talked about this before the podcast, that it's generally like there's just a, an increasing toxic burden that we're all, yeah. that we all have. Our children definitely are carrying. And, um, and there is some immune dysregulation, especially due to the stress of the last few years, our adrenals are all taxed and it's just, it is definitely one of those things where, um, you see it in like the Pfizer, what was it in the Pfizer study that showed that RSV was a side effect? Well, was it the time of year and they had to report it? I mean, I'm not pro and we know I'm not pro that, but we know that like, you know, like, is it, is it, is it just, I mean, is it, is it really that, or is it just that it was the time of year and it most likely is, is, is just some immune dysregulation going on? That's right. And, and I am in a hundred percent agreement. We, we, as a society love to blame one thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, if we're talking about myocarditis and things happening suddenly, we could blame one thing, but we're talking RSV right here. And so RSV is again, a viral issue. We've talked this whole podcast about, they come out in times of stress. Um, your children were locked up for three years and now they're going back into the environment. Uh, and they're being exposed to daily viruses. And that's why we don't like to be locked up. We don't like to wear masks. We don't like to do anything that stops our exposure to daily microbes that help our immune system build. And now we're just seeing the result of all of that for the last three years and, and kids are getting sick and, and, uh, in the long run, their immune systems will be built. Um, we gave you a lot of tools on this podcast to use. Um, I will I, link to a blog I did on fever that I, that I think has some more specific information, like the wet sock method and different things like that home, different homeopathy links to another blog on homeopathic remedies, um, for fevers. Cause you know, you have to match the emotion and the symptom and all that. And so I will link to that in the show notes. I do think that's going to be helpful. Um, but just know that like viruses aren't to be feared. They're going to happen. Um, and if you, if you're worried about every, the next virus, like every single one, like you are going to, you are literally making your own health worse. Um, and so like really just try to say, I'm going to control the controllables. I am going to get outside. We, we haven't even mentioned getting outside like sunshine. I know it's cold. Do what you can, um, to get outside and at least see the, you know, the, the actual, you know, (laughs) earth creation and just walk around for a few minutes um and really just breathe that in and that really is helpful to reset your nervous system it's helpful for everything um keep the basics the same um try to avoid like a bunch of processed sugary foods stick to whole foods really yeah. in general that's what you're going to want to do anyways i 100% agree um viruses are going to virus 
Yeah. Just let them do their thing. We do not want to live in fear. Fear lowers your immune system. You, you either heal in love or you die in fear. And so we are going to live in love and um, increase our immune systems with all the tools that we've done. Um, the last thing we're going to say before we go is the thing that Lauren loves to say at the end of every episode. This is not considered to be medical advice. This is meant to be educational. Please consult with your hopeful root cause practitioner before uh, changing anything in your supplement routine. <laughs> she says it so well. Um, and that's why we say at the end of every podcast. Um, again, next week, we will be taking the week off. It is Thanksgiving. Yes. We hope you Happy have a phenomenal Thanksgiving. Um, we love you all. Thank you so much for the support. Things yes. have been going so well. Downloads are on a trajectory uh, that is very amazing. Awesome. Um, so again, thank you all for supporting us. We love you and we will see you in a couple weeks on the next one. Yes. Bye guys. See you everybody.